0: My name is Jo Wise, and this is Wise Women, a podcast released on the full moon, where I ask women to share the wisdom they found in their greatest life challenges. And new for this series, I also ask them to name the men that supported them through their darkest moments. This podcast is released every full moon because in ancient times, our female ancestors would synchronize their cycles with the cycles of the moon to make their connection, their creativity, their cleansing... Even more powerful. And the full moon is a wonderful time for communication and expression. My hope with these podcasts is that the story you're about to hear brings healing to the woman who's sharing it, knowing it's being heard by her sisters, but that parts of the story may resonate with your experiences and bring healing to you as well. So it's one thing to go through a significant spiritual awakening yourself but it's yet quite another thing to be able to interpret your awakening in a universal way in order to guide other women through the process of awakening as well. Marcella Lobos is a medicine woman and teacher of feminine wisdom who has done and is doing just that, from her retreat center in the mountains in Chile, through her writing, and through the teaching and initiation she gives alongside her husband, Alberto Velodo
1: my task as a a shaman to keep the fire uh, going not the fire that burns but the light that warms and that enlightens Mm. so and then to share that with others
0: in this bonus episode of wise women marcella talks in great detail about her awakening and some of the maps compasses and gifts that she found and was given along the way
1: Thank you, Joe. It's beautiful to be with you today and to know that we're going to be able to offer a message uh, to so many women about how they can overcome their own difficulties in life. I'm so happy to be with you and share my transformation.
0: Yeah, and I think there's going to be several messages here, not just one, Marcella. Before <laughs> we start, though, I do want to just highlight the fact, and we'll talk about this um, some more, I'm sure, but I've actually opened Sacred Space today, and I've got an altar behind me with all the elements on, and I do that every time I'm working, and that really is all thanks to the Munai which we're going to talk about later, and Alberto bringing it to the West as well, so I'm so grateful for those teachings and those transmissions.
1: That's beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate the sacred space.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the challenge I want to discuss with you today on this podcast is how your soul had the courage to break through your conditioning. And that's conditioning from your culture and also from the myths of your family as well. So first of all, can we talk about the conditioning of your culture? Because in 1984, Marcella, I was 10 years old and I was living in a country that had problems. I think the miners were on strike in the UK at that time, but ultimately it was a safe country. Uh, you, meanwhile, in 1984, were 13 years old and you were living in Chile under government-enforced curfews and pretty extreme social unrest, weren't you?
1: Mm, exactly. I was born right after the coup d'etat, the militia took cover the country. But What happened is everybody that was a more free-spirited person left the country. Um, In retrospect, it feels like it was like the Middle Ages of of Europe because like all the the free-spirited people, the liberals, left the artists, left, and everybody that stayed had to conform and We had only two TV channels and we could always watch uh, Miami Vice or The Little Girl in the Prairie. So just numbing people's brains, I mean, not educating us to to think and to be creative, but to obey orders. So this mindset of conforming uh, to authority. And the masculine presented in my chart, childhood growing up as this overpowering force, but also as a very coward presence. So in my family, all the men, like they escaped the responsibility to raise children. They either became alcoholic or they left with another woman to another country or, or they were in jail or something. But we, I grew up with no healthy male role models. And from that, the women had to be very strong. Uh, I grew up with six aunts, and they, they all had to be very strong to raise children in the outer world, but not inside. Inside, very wounded and very resentful with the masculine. And that's, that's
0: huge, Marcella, that you were growing up in that culture and also you can identify the dysfunctional masculine and feminine within your family as well. That must have had quite an impact on you as a young girl. I know you did break through it in later life, but what was it like to to be in that?
1: Well, actually, now I understand it all, but back then I didn't. I was a little girl and I could just feel war and because we were in a civil war, but also we were about to go into war with Argentina and I lived next to the mountains. So I remember as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, like every time I heard a plane, I thought there were the Argentinos coming f- from the other side of the mountains to drop bombs over my house. And in the other hand, we we were in the heat of the Cold War. So in my, in my house, when they turned on the news, all I could hear was Russia and the atomic bomb and the U.S. And I was terrified. And so that atmosphere make me want to become even stronger but the only strength i knew was outer strength so i became in my youth i became an athlete and i wanted to be as strong as possible and beat all the boys as (laughs) strong as possible in my body because again that was the only strength i knew how to cultivate and i i at one point i did a world record i was the first one of the three first female Else in Chile to surf, to snowboard, to paraglide, to skydive, all of those things. I was really a daredevil. And uh, sports took me to the U.S. because I had this dream, which was crazy, which was to surf the whole Pacific coast from California to Chile. And actually, I ended up doing it. And I also had a dream to snowboard the highest volcano in the world, which happened to be northern Chile. And I did it. So I was I was really um, on that, that track of being superwoman.
0: Well, that was my next question, because as you say, as a young woman, you were very athletic, surfing, snowboarding, skiing, really rebellious, really adventurous. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that spirit came from already? Because it would be understandable, wouldn't it, if you had have just recoiled and contracted like Serpent, but you didn't, you had life, didn't you? And you wanted to experience life. So what made you... Express yourself that way, rather than just, you know, retreat from life.
1: Terror, fear. I was so afraid. I spent all my childhood with nightmares of monsters uh, chasing me, men chasing my father, hiding. I was so terrified that that drove me to like be invincible. So it manifested as again cultivating this outer power. So with this idea of surfing the biggest waves and doing the craziest thing to demonstrate I could survive, that I could make it, that I was strong enough, I I left Chile. I also was studying uh, journalism and my idea of of a career was to go to the Middle East and, and be in war and be the front person taking photographs of the bullets because I wanted to be bulletproof. So I wanted to go to war and demonstrate I, could, I was gonna make it. And if I could make it in war and, and not die, then I would be safe. That was kind of like the, the survival mindset because I was so wounded, disempowered really, terrified that I created all this outer protection
0: Wow! So, oh my goodness, what happened next then, Marcella?
1: So I went to to the U.S. and uh, I I met my, my perfect teacher because he was as dare, daring as I was, but I didn't recognize at the time that he also emotionally he was very. He would become an abusive husband. And it was too late when I realized that I was already pregnant. And so it was the best thing that happened to me because he broke me down. I was physically abused, emotionally abused. So he broke down that outer strength that I had because he was a man and he was stronger than me. So I couldn't fight the monster back. I wanted to win the monster, but the monster beat me to the ground and crumble me into pieces. Okay, well, now it sounds like, Marcella, you're talking about
0: the inner journey now. You know, you've, you've become very strong physically and you are defeating the outer world. But now, with the arrival of uh, this partner, you're having now to go within, aren't you? And this is what really started your awakening. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. So... Um... Since I couldn't rely on that physical outer strength anymore, I found myself in my dark night of the soul. I found myself defeated, like life finally defeated me. And I I had two little babies and I really didn't know how to get out of that situation because I had never... Learned to pay my own bills and I was terrified of the responsibility of raising two babies on my own. I was living in the U.S. I had no family and my family in Chile, my mom couldn't take two more children. So there was nobody that could rescue me in my country. So I had to come to terms with me and my two babies and what do I do? And I considered taking my life because I was so... Um, I just couldn't see, I couldn't find a way out. I just didn't know what to do. And, of course, I didn't because of the two children. So to that point is where I needed to arrive. So defeated on the ground, I, for the first time, I started hearing my feminine voice, that very soft, gentle, um, receptive voice that became finally my compass and said, uh, if you are gonna, if you're thinking to take your own life, minus twelve, try what you haven't tried yet, which is to make it on your own, to live on your own with your two children. And I feel like right when you make the most important shift internally in your life, when you go through that dark night of the soul and come through the other side, is when all the outer help starts arriving because your mindset is different. So uh, it's like the opportunities uh, started showing up. And that's when I found the path of shamanism. And it gave me a compass, a map, to go through a journey of healing and empowering myself in a true way. And recovering my soul and um, the journey to wholeness, to to inner wisdom, to individuation, as Carl Jung says. Well, you've
0: come to understand your awakenings now, haven't you, through archetypal journeys like the medicine wheel and the hero's journey, which Joseph Campbell made famous, uh, along with other Mm -hmm. mythical and symbolic language, which actually, Marcel, is how I'm coming to explore my own life as well. Do you think, though, that we're losing the ability to articulate what's happening to humanity and also our own experiences using just our words? How important is it that people start to study myth and symbol, and archetypes, and patterns?
1: Mm. Life is, it's an initiation for us to realise everything that we are, not just working machines, not just uh, thinking homo sapiens, but homo luminous, full potential into our light. And there are so many beautiful traditions that speak about this in the world. So, there's not one map, but many, and we must connect with the one that makes sense to us in our hearts. But it's important to find a path that will, that will lead us to that realization to, as, as Carl Jung says, self-realization with uppercase s. Not li- the little self which is selfish, which is afraid, which needs to have more than the neighbor neighbor but to the, the self that is already whole and, and find its resources, her resources within.
0: Well, you certainly did that. And what's beautiful about your story, Marcella, is how the medicine wheel became a map for you. And a wheel, of course, is a circle. And now you have come full circle back to Chile, which I wanted to say on this podcast as well, is a beautiful country too, despite what we were talking about earlier you know, it's home to the highest mountains in the Americas, the driest desert, lush rainforests and raging volcanoes. And essentially, you have come home to the beauty of your country now.
1: Oh, yeah. And the the year I moved back to Chile, um, we elected um, a female president. She had a really great government first and not to go too much into politics. And then a the second term, she didn't do that great the second time. But nevertheless, it was uh, very iconic that we, we had a, a woman um, when I moved back to Chile and I was having all this um, awakening with the feminine. What a contrast from having this dictatorship to democracy and a woman. So uh, yes, and now I live in that in that beauty and I live in the mountains in my retreat center and it's it's like a mandala that I in, in which I dance every day and it's my home is it's my my um my fire that um uh, that i i keep alive it's my task as a as a shaman to keep the fire uh, going not the fire that burns but the light that warms and that enlightens Mm. so and then to share that with others so people come and and we share the light with others through the monarchy through the medicine wheel and through rites of passage and yeah share the medicine
0: what would you say to women listening now they might not have heard of the medicine wheel they might not have heard of shamanism but what would you say to them about awakening their own souls maybe they can relate to dysfunctional programming from their family and or their culture how did they even start to break through that
1: i feel that the first step is to feel that longing that i want to break through so if if we're listening to this podcast, it means that we, we have a curiosity and a longing to to, to heal something, to discover something. So I, I say the first step is to listen. But you saw how I went all the way to the U.S., to California to surf. So I had a cult adventure, but the real adventure actually is the inner adventure. So you don't have to go anywhere externally, but you have to go Within and and say yes to the call to transformation. So then, then we we have we find the all the resistance is like, oh, but uh, but I have two children, but uh, how I'm gonna be transformed because I have the, all these obligations, but I have a career, and we hear all the bats in in our mind, and it's all our fear that the condition that's the conditioning so then after uh, really being with our fears and the conditioning we we break through and we say yes i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go through my transformation and when we go through when we say yes it's, it's like that's when we cross the veil from our ordinary common life to the extra, extraordinary and that's when we start experiencing magic. And this is just beyond logic. It's like, it's like you start communing with spirit because you said yes to your soul, to your destiny. And magic, synchronicity start happening left and right all day long. So, so you feel now that, okay, yes, I'm not alone and spirit is with me. And, and you just keep going. So then, then when you think, okay, yes, spirit is with me, I, I have my friends with me, life is is saying yes and smiling to me, then it's when we go into the dark night of the soul and on, on, on the true fears and the true terrors. And that's why it's so wonderful to hear other women and other people having gone through that, through the rite of passage that life is, because there is always absolutely Always light in the other side of the tunnel. There's a way out, and in the other side is beautiful, is lighter, is wiser. Is 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 where the medicine is. And if we have to go through it again, because we 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 die so many times symbolically in our lives, the second time, you know, you just breathe through the contraction, you just breathe through the darkness that is so archetypal. Because you know the light's gonna come so you're just like okay I'm just going through the dark period now and I know at some point I'm gonna see the light again So it's easier the second, the third and the fourth and the fifth time around wow. it just gets easier
0: Yeah, you just surf the waves which you would mm-hmm. under- you would understand that analogy. What an amazing answer Marcella thank you for thank you for um, articulating that. but let's move now quickly on to the Man key if we can I did want to ask you a few questions about that. Um, for, for people that don't know, can you explain what the monarchy is very briefly?
1: Yes, it's a body of transmissions that help you break from your little life, me and my dog and my my house. It makes you break the walls to open up and and make and and have a psyche that can embrace everybody and everything as as part of you and you as part of the web.
0: And your husband, Alberto Villardo, brought it from the shaman known as the Laika to the West, the Western world. Can you tell us very briefly about the history of Alberto and the monarchy?
1: Well, actually, it's a lineage that was hidden from the civilization for 500 years. And so they, they kept this wisdom of teachings in such a primordial, pure way that is, is just gorgeous that we have access to it um, without all the contamination of Western thought and the Western paradigm. So Alberto was able to, to connect with these people almost over 40 years ago and, and have an experience, a pure experience, and then be able to translate it into words that make sense to the Western mind so we could have access to these teachings.
0: They are just amazing, Marcella, And I can say that from personal experience because I have been gifted them twice and I have gifted them to other people now, probably, I don't know, about 20 people in total, including my mum and my husband. How does it make you and Alberto feel to know that they're making such an impact all over the world now?
1: Uh, It feels like a beautiful responsibility, not in the sense that we are responsible because it's, it's for everybody, and it's everybody's. It's not Alberto's. It's not mine. He just happened to be the vehicle that understood it and brought it to us. And then the last right, the right of the womb, was given to me as part of the Muniki. So we were we feel um, like the vehicles that brought it, but it's everybody's. So we, we just love that this has spread around the world and that people are able to to connect with the lineages and, and live bigger lives and and more connected to the web around the world. I feel like all the earth keepers around the world become like like in the immune system for the earth. Yeah. So the earth is going through it's going through such hard times ecologically and and the more earthkeepers that that are doing their work It's like the immune system of the earth is more powerful. Yeah,
0: I love that answer. As you said, there are nine rites of the original monarchy, but the 13th rite, which is so-called because of the 13 moons, is also enormously important as a transmission. And you actually birthed that into the world. Can you tell us more about that too, the 13th rite?
1: So the woman said to me, Marcella. Alberto brought the right, I mean, brought this Muniki to the Western world. And you're his wife. So it's your task to bring this um, right of the womb to women because he doesn't have a womb. So he cannot do it for us. So <laughs> you are going to have to take this place and, and be the vessel. And they prepared me for over a decade for this. So first um, they came and they helped me birth my fear my terror it felt like a dead baby in my belly so at some point in my shamanic initiation they came on an afternoon i was in front of a fire and they just showed up and they say marcella this dead baby that you dreamt about is is your this the terror that you 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 collected in your womb your whole childhood and and then afterwards so you're going to birth this fear. And they, they came with their hands. I could feel it. These, these spirits just coming in and help me, me, me put this fear into the fire. This was in 2004. And they said, we're going to be with you. And we're going to teach you. So then 10 years later, I was in the jungle with a group of women. I take people to the jungle as well and work at plant medicine there. And they showed up in one of my evening sessions and in my visions and they said, now we're going to uh, get you ready for the 13th rite of the Mune Key. And I said, wow, I was really like surprised. And so they connected me to like a laboratory, they made like a laboratory and they started extracting the juice of all the powerful medicine plants in the jungle and I could see like um, this green neon so full of chlorophyll and wisdom coming into my veins and I saw it like going all over my body but then and it was like laser cleansing me but then it all focused on my womb and it was like a neon sphere of green just lasering and, and cleaning my womb until there was nothing dark or heavy in it And it it was like, like it became like a ball of light, crystal clear, beautiful. And they said, your womb is ready now to offer our initiation to women in the world. And this initiation is the right of the womb, and women must remember that their womb is not for them to store heavy emotions because that's where they're growing polyps, that's why they're growing tumors. They're, they're growing death instead of life. That's the bottom line. And actually a couple of weeks after, a friend from London said, "Marcella, without knowing about the right of the womb, she said, I just had surgery. I'm like, really? Yeah. I I had a, a tumor that had teeth and hair that was removed from my womb. Yeah. And that absolutely confirmed what the women said, like dead babies. So... Then they said, now this initiation has to be simple because because it's for every woman. And if it's not simple, then it's for the smart ones, for the ones that have time, for the ones that have resources. But it has to be so simple that it's for every woman. So it's really simple. First, I learned to invoke them, invoke the lineage, then to activate the initiation in my own womb. And what it does actually this right of the womb resets uh, the, the conditioning in the womb because we've been saying for thousands of years, 6,000 years, uh, we've been storing fear, pain in the womb. And then in that same womb, we give birth to men. And men mm. are filled with fear. And then they want to become bigger than the neighbor. So wow. we are the mothers. Yeah, so the womb is the mother. Other of all people and if people are being incubated in a soup of fear then of course they are born with the fight or flight on and cortisol and they want to survive and they want to be bigger than the neighbor so by having wombs that are radiant with light and love then we can give birth not just to children but we can give birth to an era of peace so beautiful beautiful okay well um, Marcella, if people want to
0: find out more about you and your work, your retreats, you've got a book coming out uh, which goes over this story in much more detail. What's the best way of kind of following you in your work?
1: Please go to my website, Marcella1Lobos, uh, L-O-B-O-S.com. And then um, I work with two schools. So the Four Winds Society in English that offers the Medicine Wheel, and then I run the the same school in Spanish. Actually, so everything I teach I teach English and Spanish.
0: Brilliant! Thank you so much um, for your time today and mm-hmm. going over so much Thank- with us in so much detail. Before you disappear though, Marcella, I always ask uh, guests on this podcast three quick questions just to get to know them a bit better. Are you okay if I ask these questions of you as well? Absolutely. Okay. So the first question is, I wanted to find out who your most influential male mentor is. And the reason I ask that is obviously this podcast is all about women because it's called Wise Women, but I like to bring in a bit of masculine energy as well because I think the balance needs to be there. So... Who, mm-hmm. who is your most influential male mentor and why?
1: Well, I have to honor my husband, actually, Alberto. Um, I was deeply in pain. Oh, I want to cry. <laughs> um, and he showed up in my life. And it was through his call that I, I learned the, the medicine wheel and then I received the Munekia and... And I owe much to him, but also I learned um, that I, eventually we just have to stop as women finding the male and masculine outside of ourselves. So though I honor him so much, I also need to not put all my hopes and and longings on the masculine outside of myself, but yes. within myself. But he is the biggest influential influence in my life, yeah. And the emotion
0: that you felt there, is it is it gratitude? for him yeah
1: yeah (laughs) so much love
0: i can really sense actually in your voice when you speak but also um i've been fortunate enough to uh, read an advanced copy of your book and there are a few times i welled up in that marcella the way you express your your gratitude and your love for him thank you (laughs) i get that too sometimes with my husband too i think we need these warriors don't we next to us Okay, so the next question is about your words of wisdom. So is there a quote that you really call on at tough times or perhaps these words of wisdom are just phrases that somebody else has said to you that you've never forgotten, but what would you say is your your most
1: favourite quote? I have so many. Oh, wow. Uh, Rather than just saying a very wise quote from uh, someone famous or... Uh, I'll just say what m- my two grandmothers said to me all my life. One would say, uh, "Life is such. Life is sad. everything was like life is sad, so it just accept it." <laughs> and then the other one said all the time, "If you don't risk it, you are never gonna cross a river. So you gotta to cross the river, you gotta risk it." Oh, nice. But what I'm saying, I am saying these two quotes because going through my my um rite of passage to to menopause i finally broke through the spell of these two quotes so my for almost 50 years i heard in my head life is such and if you don't risk it you don't cross the river but for the first time coming to my, myself i i say life doesn't need to be such and i am comfortable in this side of the river i don't need to cross it this time around so it's these two quotes in my head my whole life i finally broke through the spell yeah
0: wow i love that your quotes had a twist and that they meant something different to you at different stages of your life and you managed to as you say break through the spell of them amazing okay the final question marcella is what is your most meaningful song
1: so a song a mantra does it is with me um these days a lot and it has to do with um finding my masculine and my sacred marriage is om namah shivaya so um it's, i i connect a lot to um, the hindu mythology because i feel my past lives in india and i i uh, shiva shiva has shown up in in my life and been there in key moments and, and gave me the mantra directly om namah shivaya and told me to call him to invoke him and um to find the masculine inside so that's what that's what it's working through me right
0: now om namah shivaya i love that mantra as well marcella and um, play it constantly once again thank you so much for your time and everything that you've shared on this podcast i know it's going to be a huge help to an awful lot of women listening thank you marcella
1: Thank you, Joe, so much for having me. And blessings to all ladies and bless, blessings to your wombs. And remember that, that you didn't come to suffer, but you came to be creatresses and goddesses. And I'm here and I would love to meet you. Aho. <laughs>
0: I'm Joe Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode.